Welcome to Dissecting This Fiction, a podcast where we discuss the latest in movies, TV, and games. Because we're always DTF, and you should be too. I'm your host, Steven. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. And a mouse and a black widow walk into a courtroom. Stay tuned for the rest of that joke later on. (laughs) Yeah, it's a doozy. Although I guess it's not really a joke. It's more about reality at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, we've always known that mice like cheese. But apparently... Spiders like cheddar too. Is cheddar a new term for money? Yeah, it's not new. <laughs> I mean, I... it's like an '80s rap term for it. Gonna 80s get that rap. cheddar, you know? Yeah, I've never heard that. That's a, well, you aren't known for loving rap a lot, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> okay. It's like an old slang term for money. News to me. Okay, well, that joke failed horribly, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure somebody out there okay. is cracking up. <laughs> Mainly because you don't know that like, cheddar means... like, this motherfucker. <laughs> Is there, like, different types of currency? Sharp? Medium? Um, I don't think it got that deep. I think... <laughs> well, I mean, they weren't they weren't wrapping on the streets then. If they don't know the fine types of cheese. Yeah. Just saying. Sounds like they're an MTV rapper. <laughs> and yeah, I went there. Yeah. You and some, you lose some. Cheese? Yeah. Yeah, if you go gambling. <laughs> could you imagine being somebody who heard one of those rap songs where they're talking about cheese? <laughs> like floating in cheese or something. They show up and, and they, they go to, yeah, they show up to. Uh, they show up the, with a bunch of baby bells to, as like poker chips. I was going to say they just bring wedges of cheese, but yeah, yeah. I guess it's the same concept. Yeah, yeah, they bring like a whole wheel of cheese. I'd like to cash in my... Or they have like shredded cheese and they just put out like one shred. <laughs> Making it rain uh. with shredded cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's somebody who's ever um, had... You know how that's like a, that old tradition that people will throw rice at weddings? <laughs> Did you know where I was going with it? No, I was okay. thinking like a joke I had in my head. Oh, okay. I just thought, I wonder if anybody's ever actually been such a big fan of cheese that they were like, let's have people throw shredded cheese in the air instead of rice. At a wedding? (laughs) At a wedding. (laughs) All right, what was yours? I mean, the pigeons would probably really enjoy that. Yeah, they probably. Or the doves or what the fuck they are. Yeah, any any birds, really. Any nearby birds would be a big fan. Bunch of rats show up to the wedding. (laughs) Instead of like cans attached to the car, it's just like a, a sea of rats following the car. Got like cheese on like a a, a mouse trap, yeah, tied to the the bumper, yeah. <laughs> okay, what was your joke? Uh, it was going to be somebody bringing American cheese to a Native American casino and being turned away because they don't recognize that type, yeah, of currency. <laughs> they have to they they're gonna have to get like a currency exchange. Yeah, it was yeah. like a confusion on whether it was about being cheese or just American cheese specifically. Yeah. Good one. Yeah, well, I mean, you learn something new every day. Yeah. I learned that (laughs) 80s rap talked about cheese. I'm not even sure if it was 80s rap, but it was like a while back. Yeah. That it was a thing that people would call it cheddar. Just imagine them flowing in the cheese, like in their car. Yeah. Just like, (laughs) just like nacho cheese around them. Yeah. It's raining cheese. Mm hmm. Got their umbrella. Yeah. With the craft logo on it to product place. Obviously. I hope there was a rapper named Mac in Cheese. Something tells me there wasn't. <laughs> kind of an interesting parallel. You know, everybody like puts their uh, 
like money, like really rich people put their money in like Swiss bank accounts, like Swiss cheese has like a bunch of holes in it. I mean, <laughs> there you go. They found a hole. They found a loophole. <laughs> to hide their money. Yep. All the stuff that came out of the holes when in the Swiss cheese. cheese is like, that's the money they're hiding. Yeah. All good. Well, this... And like people who hide their money in their mattress, mm-hmm. that's like... What's it? Gorgon? Gorgonzola? Gorgonzola. <laughs> like smelly cheese? Because smelly. Yeah. <laughs> or like Stilton. Is the, I think is the smelliest cheese. I've never even heard of that cheese. It's a European thing. Is that like 90s rap? No. <laughs> That's just a cheese that my dad liked. With his Eastern European taste buds. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I got like a pizza one time at a, a pizza place. Weird. Funny enough. <laughs> and, uh... I did not know they put gorgonzola cheese on the pizza. What kind of And pizza? so, like, the whole time I'm eating, I'm like, this does not taste right. There's, like, this weird stinkiness to it. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out why. Well, what kind of pizza did they put gorgonzola on? That's uh, weird. I, it was, like, a pie with tomato sauce and yeah. pepperoni. Uh-huh. On, like, this sheet of dough. Yeah. That was the type of pizza I think it was. Okay. Well, see, I'm thinking of all the ingredients on a pizza that would go with a gorgonzola, and none of them are things that you would order. So that's why I'm wondering yeah, I what kind of pizza. I didn't, like, read far enough into, okay, the, okay. into the list. So of... they probably just had, like, a standard pizza, and then they were like, let's just put gorgonzola on it to fuck well, somebody's day It wasn't even up. that. It was just, like, a normal pizza. Oh, okay. Well. It wasn't an all-you-can-meat. <laughs> Copyrighted. Yeah. <laughs> or at least that's what I'm telling people. Yeah. All right, we've talked about cheese and pizza. Are we hungry? Uh, I'm pretty starving for some new content this week to watch. Yeah. (laughs) All right, what are you most excited for this week? To stop talking about cheese, for one. Yeah, that makes sense. And The Suicide Squad, which is probably my most anticipated movie this year so far. Yeah. Okay. This is the second DC film, right? That's yeah. going to have a... The first was terrible, and now we're getting a second chance. Yeah. <laughs> first was the Justice League. Now we got the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. ironically. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that one, too, actually. Yeah, so that's coming out on Thursday, I think, uh, the 5th. It's nice. going to be in theaters, and if you have HBO Max, of course, it's there. I kind of want to see it in theaters first. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like it's a movie that needs that experience, especially with the uh, rumored villain mm-hmm. in the movie. Okay. I know everybody pretty much knows, but I'm just going to be mysterious about it. Okay. But yeah, I mean, we'll obviously probably watch it multiple times on HBO Max, assuming uh, we enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. So, got that. Uh, another thing, it's, I don't know how I feel. I, it has my interest, but it's probably going to be like one of those like, UFO on History Channel things. It's called The Secret UFO Projects Declassified. It's on Netflix hmm. on, uh, I think, the third. So, okay. very soon. Nice. Well, I have a couple of things to point out that are coming out soon. Uh, Val, the documentary on Amazon Prime about Val Kilmer, in case anybody is a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. I've heard about this one yeah. and how crazy fucking weird it is. Like, okay. Just like his life and like the shit he's gone through. Okay. Seems like it might be an eye-opening situation then. Yeah. I, I, from my understanding, it's really sad. Oh, well, that's a bummer. But 
Hopefully good. Uh, that comes out on the 6th, so that's Friday. And uh, Marvel Studios Legends, it's not like a big deal that it's coming out, but I wanted to say that on the 4th is going to be an episode about Peggy Carter. So that is an indication of what may be coming up fairly early on or first in the What If series, because usually these Legends series episodes have something to do with what's coming up next with the related materials from Disney Plus for Marvel. So Mm -hmm. just a clue. Yeah. So if anyone has like five minutes out of their day, they could watch that. Yeah. I think they're fun. Um, And then Mr. Corman is a show coming out on Apple TV Plus on the 6th. Um, It's the premiere, so you can't uh, binge it, unfortunately, but it's starting up and it's starring Joseph Joseph Gordon-Levitt and it's a drama comedy. Um, Basically, it seems like... What's it called? (laughs) Mr. Corman. Oh, I meant what kind is it? It's a dramedy. (laughs) Uh, Basically, it kind of seems like a guy who's in his 30s struggling with his situation in life and it's got humor as well as like sad stuff and I don't know it just seems like it'll be good Joseph Gordon-Levitt's usually pretty pretty great mm. so sounds uh, like it's based on me no I don't think it's based on you but whatever I'm pretty funny yeah in a sad way no really and I'm goes. in my 30s yeah just saying yeah should probably check there's cameras around the yeah place. yeah <laughs> There's a funny thing in the trailer about, he's like, I want to try this weighted blanket. And they're like, we can make our own. And then it just, it doesn't, it's. <laughs> just put weights on the blanket. Yeah. His roommate just ends up like laying on top of him with a blanket around him. He's like, is it working? No. <laughs> so. Actually, we did buy a weighted blanket. We did. At one point. We have not we touched have not it. not opened it. Nope. <laughs> it might be in the cart still. I think it was too heavy. I couldn't get it in the house. Yeah. So anyway. that old lady was able to help me. Get into the car. At yeah, least. yeah. She carried it with her walker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anybody's looking for something new on Apple TV Plus, that seems like it might be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, notable mention. I thought this was really exciting because I like to live in the past. Uh, Lois and Clark: The Adventures of Superman from like the nineties. I think it was like ninety three or whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, it's going to be on HBO Max August third. So. That was one of those shows that I remember enjoying as a kid. Yeah, same. So I'm kind of interested to go back and watch it and see like how bad it was or yeah. if it still holds up for me. I actually did watch that one, mm-hmm. but I didn't watch the I don't remember one. how many seasons it had, but I feel like it was on a long time. Mm. Probably. Watch it was like a six episode run and they canceled <laughs> it. Yeah. No, I think it was more than that. Because that, again, is around the time when they had like 20 plus episodes in a season. Yeah. Make sure you were... Glued to the TV all year for mm-hmm. one show. Yeah. Uh, some theater uh, releases that I, you know what, couldn't find either of these in our area. Mm. But I saw them on the list and I was like, you know, these look really cool. So I wanted to say them for anybody who can see these films. Uh, there's something called Infinitum, Subject Unknown. It's starring Tori Butler Hart, Conleth Hill, and Ian McK- McKellen. Okay. It's basically some time loop story that uh, unravels some twists along the way, and it sounded interesting. Yeah. So I was uh, hoping to be able to see that, but it doesn't seem like it's around us. Okay. Another one was called Naked Singularity, starring John Boyega, Olivia Cook, who I believe was in Player Ready Player One. 
she was like the the female lead in that movie. Oh, okay. If I'm correct. Uh, Bill Skarsgård and Tom Blake Nelson, which we've seen a lot of, like small roles. Mm-hmm. He was in the Watchmen uh, TV series. Okay. Basically, from what I understand with this one, it seems like it's John Boyega plays some kind of like defense attorney for the state, and then he kind of finds himself entangled into doing some drug dealing crime stuff mm-hmm. because the the justice system is just not working. Okay. And so he find he finds himself into some weird shit. At first, the trailer made me feel like it was like a Remember it was more it was like a requiem for a dream type thing. Ooh. But then it kind of starts turning a little bit more action silly. Oh, so okay. Well, not quite sure what to think of. Okay, this movie. okay. <laughs> but it's got a decent cast, so it's got potential. Yeah. yeah. So two movies I was interested in. If anybody has a chance to see them, and these are coming out this weekend, this coming weekend. Yes. Okay. Cool. This Friday. Nice. I think that's a six. Six? Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we jump into our lead topic, which is the headline of our episode. A mouse and a black widow walk into a courtroom. (laughs) So, Scarlett Johansson has apparently sued Disney over the black widow contract. Basic situation is actress Scarlett Johansson filed a lawsuit in Los Angeles Superior Court on Thursday that alleged Disney breached her contract by releasing the highly anticipated superhero film Black Widow on its streaming service, Disney+. Mm -hmm. Now, apparently her contract, from what I understand, was based around milestones, if you will, of success. For the theatrical release. Mm-hmm. And because it was on Disney Plus, that limited its ability to reach such milestones, which then gave her more profits in her pocket. Right, right. As far as the success goes in her contract. So that's the idea is that since I released it on streaming too, even though it's premium, you have to pay extra, that's making her less capable of earning more money. Yes. Okay. I mean, it is, right? It, Maybe. She's not getting the money from the Disney Plus because that's not her contract. You have to keep in mind, this was before Disney Plus launched, even if I'm correct, right? That they were even doing this movie. Yeah, I think that's true. This is before the pandemic. This is before anything hit the fan mm-hmm. with Hollywood being able to produce things. So her contract probably had nothing to do with streaming. Hmm. I would imagine they would have. I mean, I don't know anything about it, but I would think that in this situation, they would have had some kind of addendum related to the pandemic, but I don't know. Well, it doesn't sound like they did. It doesn't sound like there's any kind of updates. Um, There is a response from Disney. I'm going to read it right now. So a Disney spokesperson said, uh, there is no merit whatsoever in this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Disney has fully complied with Mr. Hansen's contract, and furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date. See, that's what I'm wondering. Like, what is, what is, how? How has it done that? Because if they're claiming that by putting it on, if they're claiming that, then there must be some way that she's earning money based on the streaming. 
Yeah, I, I mean, there uh, maybe there is some kind of clause in there for maybe not so much streaming, but maybe well, I, you know what? There probably is in the sense of streaming as far as like when the movie releases after theater on platforms, whether yeah. for purchase or rental or whatever. Mm-hmm. There probably is something in there for those. So their logic could could possibly be that's the same concept of this, and so. She's getting that money through whatever the contract wording is. Okay, yeah. But again, the theatrical release is going to be limited as far as how many tickets are sold now, right? Yeah, that's true. The best I feel like you could do is it's $30 for a uh, premiere access on Disney+, Plus, right? So you could argue, well, that's about two movie tickets. Mm -hmm. So I guess you could argue every premiere access counts as two tickets, and then you count the total of whatever they've counted as purchased on Disney Plus as double that in ticket sales toward her count of success mm-hmm. on the milestones. But from what I understand, she had reached out through her agency or whatever to mm-hmm. Disney about the issue and they did nothing about it. They basically ignored her. From what I understand, see. reading the the reports and articles I've read. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of on Disney, and if you ask me, like I feel like Scarlett Johansson is completely in the right here. A contract is a contract. Yeah, that's true. I can see the potential argument, though, that we're in a space of post-pandemic whatever. We're not even post. We're just like waning pandemic where not enough people are going back to the theaters and all this stuff. So I can see Disney's argument saying that, well, you have the potential to earn money off of each premium acts or premier access purchase from people who wouldn't have gone to the theater so you have theoretically and ad- i'm wondering if that's what they're saying i mean but they have they said that no they did it- i mean if you ask me I, when i read the spokesperson's response mm-hmm. that sounds like they just dug themselves a hole mm-hmm. even if people were on their side in the beginning i'm sorry that's a cunt response to say yeah talking and about the pandemic I have to assume Disney okayed that. The, the higher-ups, I have to assume they okayed that. Yeah. Because you wouldn't have put that out without a bunch of people... Some kind of approval, yeah. Uh, ...verifying that that's allowed to be said. Yeah. But now that it's been said, and it looks terrible in my opinion, I would not be shocked if this guy is either fired or <laughs> punished because of what he was okayed to, to say. Yeah, it was like... So, here's my thing. I feel like the second part of what was said... Should have been the only thing that they said. Really? Because that is theoretically backed up by numbers. I feel like there's two problems. One in each of these statements. What's your problem with the second well, one? The first one, obviously, is the fact that they're basically using her they're... as a guilt trip. Yeah, they're accusing her of not caring about the pandemic. So that's well, not okay, her sorry, point. not even her. They're using the pandemic as a guilt trip yes. to make her feel like a shitty person. Yes. And I'm sure not even to make her feel bad, to make the general public... Yeah. Who, who reads this news feel like she's the, the, the problem and yeah. they're the victim. Exactly. So that part and I think is problematic. That is terrible. Yeah, it's not okay. Um, ironically, they're doing exactly what they're kind of pointing fingers at her for. Mm-hmm. The second part, they're giving out what her fucking contract is and how much money she makes off of this movie. See, That's thought, not appropriate to me. Okay, I agree. But is that really the first time anybody knew that? I mean, I didn't look into how much she made. I didn't either, but I I'm mean, just... maybe the info was out there, but like yeah. I, the way it's worded, I feel like that is an intentional attack 
to try and again make it seem like see how much money she made yeah why is she complaining yeah that's what i read when i see this on top of the 20 million dollars she has received to date yeah meaning she's already got like 20 million dollars what else does she need yeah and arguably yeah yeah why do you need more than 20 million (laughs) yeah that's not the point though the point is that's her contract yeah you really think that if Robert Downey Jr. was in this position, that they would be saying that to him? Yeah. Probably not. I mean, they would probably love it if he didn't <laughs> sue over yeah. something. Because, you know, he probably is making insane money with the contracts yeah. he's done with, with Disney. That's true. So, but, okay. So, I agree. If that's really the first place that anybody knew what she was, her salary was, then, yeah, that's not appropriate. But the general statement of saying that they have complied with the contract and releasing it on Premier Access gave her an ability to earn additional money. Maybe leaving out the total amount she's already received would have been better. But, see, I didn't know if that was something that... That was, like, them dropping the bomb and nobody knew. Because I, mean, I feel like a lot of times... I don't know if that's yeah. the case or not. But yeah. all they're saying is that's her contract based off what they did before a pandemic ever happened. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only argument you can make is, well... You signed it before this happened, and unfortunately this happened, so that does limit you. I guess, yes, you could argue that. Mm-hmm. But the argument on her end is you breached it by changing the execution of release. Because yeah. in the contract, it was based off an exclusive theatrical release. That's true. Which they are not doing. Right. I guess my... Despite whether it's she's getting enough money to begin with or not, the point is... She's been a part of this franchise for how many years? Mm-hmm. Like a decade, right? Yeah. Never had these movies while everybody else had multiple solo films. Yeah. I feel like whether or not you feel like she deserves this money or not, like she's kind of earned it. Yeah. And her contract states that she's supposed to get this kind of money. Right. So I guess the problem is that how do you determine what kind of money she would theoretically get? Because it's all exactly. based off theoreticals at this point. Yeah, you have no you idea. You can't really prove how much the theater experience would have succeeded. Yeah. Because of this. Even in a pandemic without Disney Plus release, we don't know how many people would have showed up. Right. But I guess the argument you could make, again, like I said, is, well, let's say two tickets per Premier Access sell, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess just... Add those all to what theatrical would be. Would be your broad line of ticket sales. Yeah. Obviously, we know there's going to be way more people watching it than to a, a household. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm completely on her side. Um, but, you know, I guess I'm speaking from the experience of I had a job where I actually was not getting paid for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not paying me. Yeah. Uh and so I had to eventually leave that job because they just weren't paying me anyways. Yeah. Uh, so in my perspective, it's hard to uh, side with Disney, especially when they give such a shitty attacking response. Yeah, that's true. You should be paid what you're owed, in my opinion. Yeah. So, and I understand we're in a pandemic. Well, I mean, where Disney is probably, in their sense, hurting too yeah. by... How much they theoretically have lost by not having their parks open and, you know, that chunk of 2020 and, right. and the theater releases not happening properly. 
Um, the problem is that I think that her contract probably wasn't, I mean, my guess is there wasn't specific language to account for a simultaneous streaming release because at the time that that contract was drawn up, they didn't have a streaming service mm-hmm. and they didn't think there was going to be a pandemic. So there's probably some kind of loophole they're going to mm-hmm. get through. That's all I'm saying. But whether that's the case or not, her agency tried to contact Disney mm-hmm. and they like, blatantly bye. dismissed it, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's not like there was no time to change the contract, update it to to make everybody in every party content with the outcome. Right. You know, this movie has been laid how many times? So many. It's been delayed like at least twice, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they couldn't have sat down for a week or two period of time and negotiated a new structure. Kevin Feige is reportedly angry and embarrassed over Disney's response to the whole lawsuit mm-hmm. from, uh, what is it, former Hollywood reporter, editor Matthew Bellani. He's got his own news site thing that he does. Mm-hmm. Where uh, he basically, you know, you can subscribe and get his scoops and, and reporting of like inside conversations and stuff from mm-hmm. people. Uh, he's reporting that Feige is a company man and prone to corporate showdowns or shouting matches. Uh, but he's told that he's angry and embarrassed. He lobbied Disney against the day and date plan for Black Widow, preferring the big screen exclusivity on not wanting to upset his talent, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, or <laughs> a.k.a. Scarlett Johansson, yeah, and I assume any other cast members involved. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's another good point, is where do, do you think the other cast members stand? I guess, you know, obviously everyone has individual contracts. Yeah. You got newer cast members who are not affiliated with the MCU up until this moment, mm-hmm. so... Presumably their contracts are for a lot less money, mm-hmm. a lot less detail probably in the fine print of milestones of profits. Mm-hmm. But I guess in the end that's all about the agencies they go with and how good they are at working these contracts yeah. into their clients' work. Yeah, this is another one of those complicated situations because I know I was reading one of the articles about this and it talked it made a very good point that um, Scarlett Johansson is one of the few people who's in the MCU that is also a successful uh, Oscar-nominated performing actress. Most of the other people mm-hmm. that are put into the MCU are like newer or recovering career situation. Like, so to be fair, Phase One was full yeah. of let's try a new person no yeah. one's ever heard of. Yes, and I'm sure that was all about budgetary reasons yeah. to try and save money. Uh, but it really worked out for me yeah. because they they grew into these great pop culture icons and yeah. actors that, mm-hmm. that, you know, developed and got other stuff. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Robert Downey Jr. has been around forever. Yes. Um, but he was at but a he was on of a his recovering yeah. uh, in his acting career based yeah. off his history. And, and that was like a whole triumph in itself for him to come back into Hollywood. Yeah. But yeah. I, and of course, as you've seen... The MCU now has all these big caliber stars who are doing cameos and small roles. Mm-hmm. Hollywood seemed to be like, if you were in MCU movies, you weren't necessarily in respectable stuff. But like right. now it's at a point where like it's just a part of the DNA of Hollywood now. Yeah. It's not 
frowned upon to be in an MCU film, it seems. Yeah, unless you're Martin Scorsese. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or who was it? As soon Steven as, Dorf? Yeah, as yeah. soon as they announced Martin Scorsese directing a <laughs> Steven Dorf MCU film, <laughs> I'm going to be there booing. Yeah. <laughs> you sell out. Yeah. Getting the real movies. Yeah. I mean, as far as Feige goes, like, I don't know if there's any actual proof of him being yeah. upset, but I would imagine he is, right? Mm-hmm. He seems like he's really about building this MCU and his the actors and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't the first we've heard him be very passionate about theatrical releases, right? I mean, we've... I feel like we reported a, within the last month or two about him saying that he wants Marvel movies to be packed full of people, mm-hmm. you know, in like post-pandemic, like yeah. when it's safe and all that stuff. Like he he doesn't see them as a streaming service thing. Yeah. He sees them as something you go to a theater for. Yeah. But when all this news came out that she was suing, my first thought was, what does this mean for all of the other movies? Let alone her co-stars, who we haven't really heard anything about. My first thought was, what about Krella? What is Emma Stone? Like, is she going to sue? Yeah. You know, again, it all depends on their, their wording and their contracts. Um, Jungle Cruise, we just saw that. We'll talk about that later. Uh, Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson are in, in that film. Yeah. Uh, those are more recent films, so the contracts might be a little bit more prepared for this situation of a pandemic yeah yeah I'm, I'm really curious to see if this changes the landscape of where this kind of stuff goes uh emma stone is reportedly considering taking action against disney and i don't know how true that is or not but emily blunt apparently has thought about it as well but again like this could just be news gossip and not actually something that they are considering. Right, right. But on the flip side, Dwayne Johnson is supposedly completely content. I think he said uh, he has no intention of battling Disney for any anticipated loss of dollars from the day and date release for Jungle Cruise. Well, yeah, he's like got his, he's mm-hmm. got his fingers in so many pies. Like he's got so he, many things going on. He's a very smart businessman. Yeah. If you look at his career, he started out in the WWF. Mm-hmm. Now it's the WWE, mm-hmm. but he built this character, this persona mm-hmm. in the WWF, mm-hmm. and then shifted over to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Had had trouble. Scorpion King. <laughs> <laughs> well, arguably that movie's problem was the fact that they had CGI that looked like it was yes. like pre PS two. Yeah, quality. it wasn't his fault necessarily. <laughs> when he's associated. Um, but he's really built himself over. Mm-hmm. A long period of time in in Hollywood. And he's become, you know, someone who you see in these bigger roles that you really enjoy. And on top of that, he's got his tequila business. He's got some other stuff. I think he's, you know, obviously he's got this production. like an energy drink or something like that too. Does he? Or maybe it's just a, is it a coconut water? There's some other thing that he drinks that's not I would not not be surprised. Uh, um, So I would not be shocked if, again, since his production company had work was basically working with the jungle cruise Mm -hmm. to begin with i wouldn't be shocked if it was worked out as far as his contract and Mm -hmm. and all that stuff 
That's true. I don't know. This is all a very complicated situation. I think the and fact that course, yeah. um, the fact that Disney did not respond to the Joanne, Scarlett Johansson's agency initially about the Disney Plus situation is a little shady. It's uh, it's all. Hopefully, I guess the good thing that will come out of this is that maybe there will have a, there'll be a clause built in probably to people's contracts going forward. That has something to do. You with You would it. have to assume. Yeah. Or people just will be less likely to want to. Uh, make contracts mm-hmm. like just theater based mm-hmm. or or just streaming or whatever I don't know yeah. uh, but I guess a worse scenario you could think of is people won't even want to do stuff for Disney plus or any streaming service because mm-hmm. they're scared of it affecting their milestones and contracts mm-hmm. That's um, true. what this reminds me of is WB mm-hmm. and how they announce all those movies. Mm-hmm. And how that turned into a huge thing. On the legendary um, Guttle Cray Cray. Yeah, yeah, well, not just that, but like we heard that they paid. Oh yeah. Uh, Gal Gadot mm-hmm. and and director Patty Jenkins for One Woman 1984, like a mm-hmm. million dollars each. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was worded as to promote and praise it going on HBO Max. Yeah. But underlining it could just be here's your compensation for. <laughs> yeah. Or even that, but just, we know this is unorthodox with what's going on and how it was meant to be released. But I guess you could argue, like, well, they got some kind of compensation. Yeah. Um, And then other theaters, or ever other movies, you brought up a good point. Legendary and Dune was, like, the biggest one that Mm -hmm. came up as a um, issue. Mm -hmm. And so, I think they came to some settlement with that eventually. But it just... uh, this is definitely going to cause a change in how these contracts are worded mm-hmm. going forward. At the very least, it's a awkward whatever situation for a, a cluster of films because yeah. of the pandemic. And yeah. maybe it'll just go back to normal once theaters are more open and commonly used again. Right, right. Although arguably streaming is already taken over. So yeah. Uh, and I guess the last piece of news, which I feel like is connected to this, but it, it might just be a coincidence. Disney did announce the release date for Hawkeye, the new MCU series coming out supposedly this year. Yeah. Uh, they gave it a November 24th release date. Yeah. So if that sticks, yeah, I guess we're getting another one. That'd but, be pretty cool. But I have to wonder, because this was the same day yeah. as... The news that Scarlett Johansson was suing Disney. Mm-hmm. So I have to wonder if this was a PR move to mm-hmm. try and minimize the bad news of yeah. everything. The negativity toward Disney, if yeah. you will. It's a, uh, I don't know what you call it, but it's like, don't mind the man behind the curtain situation. <laughs> like, oh, look over here. There's something else going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although it'd be pretty interesting. That's fairly late in the year, so they could conceivably have announced it as a distraction, as a distraction, then go ahead and delay it if they want to. Well, I mean, it's always been said that it was going to be a 2021 release. Yeah. But so is Miss Marvel, supposedly. Yeah, and they haven't talked about that date yet, right? Mm-hmm. Which we did see some uh, concept art mm-hmm. released where she looked pretty similar to what she looks like in the video game mm-hmm. and her comic and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh but did you notice she had this weird purple kind of stone armor on her hand? The I didn't. Fist? I didn't notice. Okay, so I was. I'm curious if that 
is some kind of change up to the character mm-hmm. for the show. And so instead of her doing the weird expand her limbs and grow and be like Laffy Taffy, mm-hmm. <laughs> if it's going to be more of a she can grow like this crystallizing armor that like can, you know, get the size of a giant, you know, fist that she does in the comics and all that stuff. And right. It kind of represent that instead of her doing what she does with mm-hmm. her powers. Because we are being introduced to the Fantastic Four at some point. Yeah. And Mr. Fantastic is basically the same character. That's true. Right? So maybe they don't want to have that power on two characters within the same range of of phases. I can see that. But, like, after the video game came out and, like, people are becoming more familiar with the character, it's going to be kind That's of weird true. if That's they don't true. go with that. Well, maybe they'll have a combination where she can do that, too. I don't maybe. know. Maybe, yeah. Anyway. Just a thought. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it might be nothing. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our Disney news, I guess, for the day. There might be more. But somebody associated with Disney, typically. Yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi, uh, remember, if you remember, he had an animated Flash Gordon film that was going to be made. Yes. They announced it, like, years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now going to be live action. Oh. So, I guess Chris Hebsworth is probably going to be cast. Uh, <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I remember when we had a conversation yeah, about him so. doing He like We wanted them to do He-Man. Yeah. And Chris Hebsworth would be He-Man. Well, yeah, I mean, that's still okay Psycho with that. And Psycho could voice uh, Skeletor. Yeah, that would be incredible. Um, but yeah, so Flash Gordon is now going to be live action. Uh, during an interview related to Jungle Cruise, producer John Davis told Collider... The project is now live action. Taika is writing it. It was a movie that was huge influence on him growing up. It is one of his favorite movies. He initially said to me, let's do it animated. I said, okay. Then we got into it and started developing it. And he said, no, let's do it live action. I said, even better. Yeah. I'm looking at the cover art for the Lush Gordon movies. Or a movie mm. back in the day, and I'm and I'm like super on board with Chris Hemsworth playing him. I'm trying to figure out who's gonna play this guy. <laughs> uh, they might need to do some updating on that yeah. whole aspect. I don't remember his name, but I feel like it's going to be an issue of stereotyping. Probably, yeah. Um, I just remember like the uh, the music was like flush, ah! <laughs> something like that. Prince Voltan, Voltan. Um, anyway. This John Davis uh, apparently is involved with a lot of projects. So uh, he also talked about Waterworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently there's going to be a sequel coming out for television. Uh, he said it will be based around the same characters 20 years after the movie. Okay. And Dan Trettenberg, who is known for 10 Cloverfield Lane, is on board to direct. Interesting. Yes. So you think they'll update the... Uh... The experience at Universal Studios. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I'm really curious uh, how they could do this because I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. I'm curious if they'll get Kevin Costner back or if it's going to be like they'll just change up. I mean, if it's supposed to take 20 years, take place 20 years after, I could see it. They could arguably do that, right? Yeah, totally. I imagine it would heavily uh, go into like global warming and all that shit. Even further beyond what they already did. Yeah, definitely. Well, talking about Dan Trettenberg, he's currently in production for what is now known as a prequel to Predator. Oh, shit. Okay. And it's going to be called Skull. 
Okay. Obviously, this is going to be a Disney property because mm-hmm. they bought Fox. Mm-hmm. And so the whole point of this one is going to be the Predator's first journey to planet Earth. Okay. Now, I'm curious when they say that if they mean this specific Predator from the first movie. Or the Predator or as just a species. in a general, the Predator as a species, like you just said. Yeah. Yes. Because that would be very interesting if it's like, up until that first movie, it was just like, that specific Predator. Mm-hmm found himself enjoying this planet for his, yeah. his hunting or whatever. Yeah. So that I mean, that could, they could go either way, but I would not be shocked if they made it like the exact same one. Interesting. Uh, but then I guess if you do that, then you kind of spoil the fact that that predator is going to survive the end of that movie. Fair point. And last with that topic, uh, it will be a female lead this time around. Okay, question. In a it... historical time period that... Oh. He's okay. being cheeky about, but okay. Um, I was just wondering if that means that it's going to be a predator female or a human female. That's another good point. <laughs> a predator, predator. yeah, <laughs> which we've coined yeah. many episodes ago. Yeah, I think it was one of our first episodes. Yeah, it was well, a predator, a predator, yep. Just curious. That would be interesting. Yeah. There was rumors, I think, a while back, which uh, based off this description maybe could be true, Mm -hmm. that it was going to be based around uh, a Native American territory, like in historical time. So um, that would be very interesting because you would, you know, you're not going to have machine guns and (laughs) TNT and all these weaponry that you see in like the Predator 1 film. Uh, which obviously didn't help much anyways. Yeah, it didn't matter. Uh, so you're going to be a little bit more of a limited <laughs> arsenal, I guess, in that sense. So I guess they'd have to be a little bit more clever about how they would theoretically fight a predator mm-hmm. or a predator. Yeah. <laughs> and then lastly on that topic, uh, it was planned as a R-rated film apparently, but they could go PG-13, which of course if Disney bought the... Fox stuff, it's possible that's going to be the route they take, right? Yeah, I'm sure. But at the same time, if you're calling your movie Skull, unless that's just like a placement for production, if that's the title of your movie, you're probably not trying to get kids to go to it. Yeah. I would think. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on, uh, a little bit more of the 80s nostalgia. Uh, Die Hard, apparently there was a prequel that... Was going in production called McLean, mm-hmm. uh, and this is now dead officially. Uh, producer Lorenzo D. Bonaventura said it was abandoned following the Disney Fox merger in 2019. Hmm. What else? <laughs> Seems like that happened for a lot, quite a few things. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but I feel like that's kind of a franchise that was kind of On teetering out. downward, so who knows if yeah. that would have been something that was really popular. Yeah. After it was released. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Well, a little bit more positive news, huh? Uh, the Suicide Squad uh, was 100% on Rotten Tomato. It had a fresh score of 100% for uh, like one point. Wow. It's apparently at 96% currently now, so it's it's dropped about 4%. Uh, it's got three rotten reviews out of 102 reviews. So okay. three That's... people didn't like it. It's pretty good. 
99 people thought it was great. Three people just had to ruin it for everybody, I guess. Yeah. Couldn't give this 100%, I guess. Three people were like, wait, they made this movie again? (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) I don't know why I had to watch this movie again. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to put my same review. Yeah, yeah. And save the two hours. Yeah. I am curious, though. Not to say that these people, like, are just doing this for the sake of doing it. But Mm -hmm. I am curious if you have a movie that does overwhelmingly well... With its critics. Yeah. Would somebody be inclined to do the complete opposite for their review? Because it would be so drastically different that you would get the attention of people wanting to know what you hated. Like you would stand out more than everybody else who also loved it. That's a, You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that'd be a really is shitty that, thing do to do. Do you think that's something that, that possibly happens in the world? I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but I hope it's not much. And not to say any of these three people did that. It's just... Yeah. It had me thinking. Yeah, yeah. And last in our news, The Hollywood Reporter is uh, reporting that J.K. Simmons is in negotiations to come back as Commissioner James Gordon in the Batgirl movie set for HBO Max, which we just got the casting for the character last week, I think it was. But this is like... It has me thinking, like, what, what? What's going on with DC? The DCEU? So does this mean the Batman is not going to be canon for the DCEU? Uh, yeah. Is it a one-off now? I don't think they've ever really said either or, but mm-hmm. I always took it as it was going to be a part of the DCU in some fashion after they figure out the narrative of everything they're trying to do. Yeah, this kind of makes me wonder how serious this report is. Or if maybe they somebody heard that J.K. Simmons is in negotiations regarding Batgirl, but they just assumed it was Commissioner Gordon. Maybe it's a different part. I just I have questions because logically, like you're, mm-hmm. you're, it's why would they change again? I mean, because that means that they are then including the Justice League concept as canon still. Yeah. Uh, I think they still consider the Joss Whedon version the canon, not the. Snyder cut, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. But I guess at the very, at the very least, maybe the that what they're doing is multiverse. We maybe. do know that Flash is going to be doing something related to the multiverse. We have multiple Batman in that film. Okay. So maybe DC is going to have its pie and eat it too, or cake. Yeah. I guess is the real thing. <laughs> but I prefer pie, so I'm gonna yeah. go with that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. That's an interesting report. I'm, I'll be waiting to see how that comes out. Do you think this would have any impact on anything going with Marvel and him as J. Jonah Jameson? We got that whole Easter egg of him as J.J. in the end credit, right, for mm-hmm. the last Spider-Man film? Yeah. So presumably he's going to be a part of the franchise for the next one. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I don't think this is going to have anything to do with that. That's my gut instinct, but I don't, I can't justify it in any way. <laughs> it's just my feeling. So you don't think he's going to be in those Spider-Man films? No, I do. But I don't think this will have anything to do with that. I think maybe... So I, they, he could be contracted I think he could in do both, both films? Yeah, yeah. Both franchises? I think so. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for our news. Uh, let's get into what we've watched this week. Uh, quite a bit. So... Here's how our rating system works. If we hated something, we'll burn it. If it was just okay or we're neutral, we're going to test it. 
And if it was pretty good, we're going to slice it. If we absolutely love the shit out of it, we're going to dissect it. And if all of us dissect it, we're DTF. DTF. Pretty good. I was impressed with it. Yeah. (laughs) First up, we checked out this ridiculous show called Sexy Beasts on Netflix. At least season one, as, as they're calling it. So that implies that there could be a season two, apparently. Um, this came out on Netflix July 21st. It is a British reality TV dating game show where a person chooses a partner from three contestants, except the fact that everyone, including the person choosing, is in this crazy prosthetic makeup dressed, uh, made to made to look like a creature or caricaturized personal situation. The thing that, the, the first thing I saw of this was mm-hmm. your title is wrong. Yes. You can't call it Sexy Beast and then, you know... We have things that are like, like one was like a statue of Zeus. Yeah, or... one was like a demon, which yes. was like close to a beast, but mm-hmm. like there were a, there was some that was like an of a witch that was like she just one was like an old woman, just basically. like an old woman. <laughs> just yeah, like an I was like woman. okay, like well, you obviously have a disadvantage already because yeah. you're not like because it's not some just cool like, creative look like the other two. Yeah, you just look you like you an have old these woman. Insane, awesome looking animal makeup situations, and then you have someone who just looks like an old woman, which is really sad. So one was like the uh, Iron. I don't want to say man, but like basically like the Wizard of Oz character. Yes, Tin Man. Tin Man. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I am Tin Man. Yeah. So, fun fact, when I was going to get the information on this show, I went to go research it. Apparently, there was an original version of this show that aired on BBC Three in 2014. And so, it's had multiple different adaptations in different countries and all kinds of stuff. So, this is just our version. Do you think this spawned off of... Uh, naked attractions. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. I was like, because watching this show, I was like, you know what? I would rather just have a naked attraction yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, and I know that's never gonna happen. No, it's not. But it would be really censorship cool. Censorship is way different yeah. than most other countries. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is that you get to know. You, you go on like uh, the person goes on three quick speed dates, and then they go on. They eliminate one person, and then they go on two longer dates um, with the next the final two and then they choose the final person um based on their connection that they had without any regard to their physical appearance which okay first of all they keep saying that but like you can see these people's bodies so you have an idea of whether you're attracted to their body or not at least Mm. so it's not like uh completely it's not like they're in a big old teddy bear costume where you have no idea what they look like underneath it like you could see the like these women were like had really nice bodies or like you could see the men were fit yeah they were all fit fit yeah and i think one of my problems too was in the end when you did see these people Mm -hmm. whether they were you know picked or not you Mm -hmm. always saw what they look like Mm -hmm. and Arguably, they were at the very least above average in looks. Easily, they, so, no one was below a six. <laughs> I think that kind of ruined the show for me because I want there to be that kind of like the whole premise is it's about their personality. Yeah, they're giving them these crazy masks and mm-hmm. animal features to like hide what they look like. So you'll be about the personality mm-hmm. versus what they look like. Yeah, but I feel like. The fact that they were all attractive anyways kind of mm-hmm. took away from the stakes, I guess, yeah. of yeah. of whether they were a good pick or not. Right. Because at the very least, oh, cool, they're attractive. Yeah. 
Yeah, it doesn't matter who you choose. They're probably going to be attractive because they wanted to choose attractive people for yeah. this show. And there was clearly people in this show who were just there because they wanted to win. Yes. Not that they cared about yeah, they didn't give two shits finding about... a connection or exactly. whatever. Exactly. And that's true because I, I read apparently some people did the research that... To find out if any of them were actually ever actually dated after the show, mm-hmm. and mo- it seems like most of them probably didn't or not very long, and they're not together anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I was joking too because like there was one where it seemed like she was really into the the guy mm-hmm. that that she the second guy that she like turned away, yeah, and then she picked the you know obviously the third guy, yeah, and I was like, oh no, now she can never go get that second guy's number yeah. after this. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's like, it, this means nothing. She could just go with any of the other contestants after. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It was uh, it was filmed, I think, mostly in London. They had this I think, bar yeah. that they went to. Um, it I, was really just limited to, like, it felt like London and, like, a couple people from the U.S. That was the mainly other... Mainly California. That like. was the other weird thing to me, is there were a couple of contestants that were American... And so some were from L.A., there was one from New York, but it was like, how are you going to put two people from five, 6,000 miles apart together and expect mm-hmm. them to actually... That's why I suspect they all worked Yeah. in the area or something, because yeah. I think one of the contestants was like, in New York, she was quote she unquote, was a, model. a model, Yeah. Uh, and so I'm curious if she like traveled to London a lot for work or right, something. Right, right. Uh, I think she was actually... Was she the one? I think she was the one who didn't know what the word banter meant. Yeah. Yeah, I think she was. And it was really confusing to me that this chick, like, didn't know the word banter. No, I think that was the deer. I don't know. There there were multiple models, so I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. But yeah, there was uh, some interesting conversations to be had between people that were completely different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How do you not know such a basic word? Yeah. You're how old? You've never heard this word? Yeah. Unless I'm like being too critical about something like that. It just feels like a weird thing to not know. Yeah, that's true. A fun fact, do you, did you recognize the voiceover? No. Okay. <laughs> but after figuring out who it was, it's like, oh, yeah. That makes sense, yeah. It's Peter. So they have, um, uh, It's not. he's not a host, but there's a voiceover of what's happening in the show who acts as your guide throughout it because there's no host that's actually there with the contestants. Um, and it's that voiceover is done by Rob Delaney. So that was kind of fun. And they, there's like little snide remarks made about mm-hmm. various different things. So there's a little bit of humor. Yeah, I would say that announcing stuff was probably more entertaining than most of most the of actual it. content. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The coolest the, part the was the makeup. The concept of this is really interesting. Yeah. But I feel like they really failed executing it. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm kind of curious if this is going to like start some weird kink for people to like be dressed like this. Uh, yeah. Because they were some really fucking creepy Part of me wonders outfits. if anybody like purposely signed up for this that was like already a furry. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> At the very least, it's going to grow the furry community yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, you think any of them went and banged after the show? I don't know. With their costumes like, no, no, no. Can on? you keep it on? Yeah. <laughs> so let's film the reveal first so I could then leave the costume on for... Uh, Undisclosed reasons. Yeah. So we watched all six episodes. Uh, it was ridiculous and a silly watch. Yeah, uh, it's a quick thing. You watch them all in a, yeah. a day if you really wanted to. It, they're like 20 minutes each, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not um, like 
riveting cinema, but it's... Oh, it's, it's a, definitely reality yeah, TV, which I'm not it's, typically it's, into. Yeah, I'm not... I don't, I don't really watch reality TV too much, but this was just too ridiculous to pass up. Mm. Um, I would be interested in a season two if they can promise me they're all actually going to be animals. That I would be in. Yeah. But if they're going to have more... Okay. But if they're going to have more of this bullshit where one person is clearly disadvantaged or advantaged because of what their makeup is. Mm -hmm. Because the one guy who's like a Greek god statue, like that's not... That's Mm -hmm. not something that's not attractive. Yes, they look like a statue, but they're not like, ooh, that's an animal, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. But I am actually curious to see the original one because it, we could probably find yeah. it. I think yeah. uh, they have BBC shows on one of the on Peacock. Gym, I is think. it Peacock? Yeah. So we could probably see if it's there. Yeah. 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 For me, I, overall, this was a test. It. I guess like, it, I didn't hate it. It's yeah. not something that I was like, oh, I'm loving this mm-hmm. and can't wait to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that they need to. Make it a little bit more of a wild card, I guess, if you will, of having mm-hmm. people who are not necessarily all attractive and like make it a little bit more common folk, yeah, if you will, uh, centric to make make yeah. it more appealing for the general audience, yeah. Because you see all these attractive people, it's like okay, You're like yeah, cool, cool. So they probably would have she's had gonna this. she's gonna win or, or yeah, I, you know, the, the contestant's gonna win in the end because yeah. they are always getting somebody attractive, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I also am going to say test it for this one. Um, I laughed a decent amount, but it wasn't because it was good. It was just because like, the makeup looked bad or mm-hmm. somebody was a complete idiot. And it was just like, this is ridiculous. But yeah, yeah just, you know. And it's got like more areas than just like two locations in yeah. the, the world. And yeah. That was kind of weird to just, me. Just, you know, minor details. <laughs> All right. We also watched Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy Kingdom Chapter 1. This dropped on July 29th to Netflix, and it is the third part of the animated series produced by Hasbro and Rooster Teeth. And fun fact, I wanted to share this with you in case you were curious. Uh, During production, the animation team used Hasbro's original CAD files for the War for Cybertron Trilogy toy line. And that's why some of the character models look so ridiculously toy-like. Because I feel like you made that comment. Interesting. Now, yeah. I'm that. What if that means? What well, I feel like it couldn't mean that. But so, did they use those exact same things for the original show, Beast Wars? Because my complaint was, and it still is, that they don't look as good as they did in the '90s show. Right. Like they look shittier. Yeah, I don't think they did. I think that they weren't from the original. Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. They're from the current toy line. And oh, the current toy line. Yeah. Not the one from the 90s. I think so. Okay. Well, it says original CAD files, but it says War for Cybertron Trilogy toy line. So was there an original War for Cybertron Trilogy besides this one? Oh, no, no, no. So they're going off of the War for Cybertron Trilogy. Okay. Yeah. Not the Beast Wars toys. Correct. That's what I thought yes. you were okay. saying. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sorry for that. Yeah. Mm. And I think we can both agree that some of the toys are not that great these days. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Beast Wars character designs were probably really the weakest part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them looked fine, but like the thing was like Optimus Primal mm-hmm. looked relatively fine mm-hmm. in the maximal form, mm-hmm. but then when he was the gorilla, it looked really shitty. Like the yeah. fur was like cell shaded looking. It yeah. just it did not look good. Mm-hmm. I think the only one that looked relatively normal to me was. 
Cheetor, maybe. And mm-hmm. Rhinox to an extent, but he was like... He was slender looking to me. Yeah. Um, the voice acting, I think, was the worst part of this altogether. Oh, yeah, the voices the were voice bad. The voice acting was so bad. Megatron, the Beast Wars version, the Predacon Megatron, mm-hmm. had the worst voice... Why didn't they just call him... For his character. Why didn't they just call him Predatron? <laughs> the better. I mean, I don't People know why they did, Why don't time. they hire you? I don't get what their problem is. <laughs> There's even a point in the show where Megatron tells him to change yeah, his name change it. because I'm Megatron. Yeah. <laughs> that would have open that opportunity perfect, right there. Perfect timing. Yeah. Okay, okay, I guess I'm Predatron. I'm Predatron now. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Yep. Anyway, uh, sorry. <laughs> and his whole character was like, I'm a Weird. bitch. Yeah. Like he was not personality of the '90s Predacon. Yeah. Megatron. Yeah. It became clear that there was a reason, but I don't think it was enough of a reason. Yeah, and that's why I'm torn with this one. Because um, I think they really shit the bed with the voices <laughs> and the designs on some of the characters. Yeah. Uh, they even took uh, Scorponok and they kind of made him just like a generic... A bunch of different characters are just... Yeah. Like, they basically didn't make him a character. They just made him a like a type of robot. Mm-hmm. As like a minion. But like... The overall arc and where it ends by the end of this, even though it's so different than what you would have expected, it's a very drastic change from anything you would ever predict happening. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked it a lot. Yeah. I think it worked really well in telling like a different story of like where Cybertron needs to be and like where not just one faction, but all of them. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed what they did with that concept. Yes. Uh, but I do feel like they could have done better with like the overall designs and stuff. Yeah, so here's my confusion too. Part one and part two were way better as far as that goes. I would say part two sucked as far as the narrative. It okay. felt like it was a little bit uh, spinning the wheels, if you will. No, I, I just mean the, the parts that suck for this, for part three, like the... The character design and the voicing mm-hmm. were so much better in mm-hmm. one and two. So I don't know what happened. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, it's it seems w- very disconnected. As far as the Autobots and the Megatron or the the, the Decepticons, they mm-hmm. all looked the same as they did right. the first two chapters. Yeah. But obviously, you're introducing these other factions mm-hmm. that are drastically different in appearance. Yeah. Um, one thing that was like weird though was like the Beast Wars characters were like relatively bigger than some of the. Autobots, which made no sense to me. Yeah, and then some like the, of the, the proportions just didn't work with what they were going. Yeah, for. and then they would like transform into their beast form. What mm-hmm. what is it called? Is it is it called beast form? Yeah, okay. beast form. Okay, beast mode. Yeah, beast mode. When they're in beast mode, <laughs> they would transform into like this much smaller version, and then they would go into their mm-hmm. transformer version. Yeah, or, the proportions were not. There. It, it was so like confused. Rat Trap was like at one point. Yes, like, that's he perfect was example. The size of a little rat, an and at another point, he was like. The biggest rat you'll ever see. Yeah. Compared to, like, a vehicle. Yeah. There was definitely moments that they tripped with this show. But overall, I think it was a fine conclusion. hmm I would definitely say watch this if you are a fan. Uh, but have open expectations. Because it is not going to end the way you think it will. Yeah. Um, I think my overall rating is I'll give this a... Uh, slice it. 
Okay. I think the voice acting and all and the designs kind of took it away from being a dissect it, but yeah. I really did enjoy the overall arc of what they did. Mm-hmm. I think they're telling a, a different story. Yeah. And I feel like they left it open. The whole chapter one thing. Mm-hmm. I think they are trying to go into a new series yeah they haven't said that but i yeah. think they're going into something new it seems that, that way. they can tell a different story it does seem that way yes um for me i'm gonna say it's a test it because the first two i was the first two parts i was pretty interested in and it was easier to get invested because i feel like the voicing and the character design was more engaging the, the voice work Mm-hmm. This one, I felt like the voice work really threw me off. Like, I was engaged for the maybe the first half, maybe a third, I don't know. Uh, the beginning, I was mm-hmm. engaged because I was like, okay, new characters. Then I was like, oh, that voice sucks. Like, I just don't want to hear that. And that's coming from somebody who didn't even watch the 90s yeah. show. So you don't yeah. have anything to judge. It's not comparing it, it to anything. It's just, it doesn't sound because good. Some characters just straight <laughs> up don't match their look. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I didn't love that. Um, it was cool to see the new characters, but then it was also kind of like you said, like some of them just didn't look like they made sense. Like mm-hmm. they were just random. Um, and then I did, they did redeem itself a little bit at the end because of the, the story situation. I did like that mm. because in the middle I was kind of like, oh, okay, I was just watching yeah. this show to watch it. And then it started to pick up. I was like, okay, I'm interested again. Yeah. But, and some of the characters, because of how they did the ending, Mm-hmm. drastically changed their perspective of you know the stereotypical that character yes and i want to name anybody but like mm-hmm. there's one particular who you're just like this is not at all the character that you know mm-hmm. but at the same time you can understand how he is in this position of mm-hmm. being this character based off what's happening yes and I thought that was interesting that they could change a character but still make it seem like it works in context Yes, definitely. All right. We also watched the movie Freaky. Uh, That came out on HBO Max July 24th. And it came out in theaters previously, but uh, that was the end of last year and not everybody got to see it. So we checked it out when it came to HBO Max. It's a slasher comedy by Blumhouse Productions, and it's centered on a teenage girl who unintentionally switches bodies with a middle-aged male serial killer. It was directed by Christopher Landon of Happy Death Day fame. Um, and it stars Catherine Newton as the main character, Millie Kessler, and Vince Vaughn as the butcher, the serial killer, obviously. Um, it's a very... <laughs> I really enjoyed this. I think it was a fun body-switching story. It wasn't your standard everyday, like... It's, it is the same thing where it's like, the, these people are not alike at all, and they get to experience each other's lives, but this was like in the most extreme way and mm-hmm. ridiculous way possible. And the way that they each reacted to it, which is was so funny, and the acting was top notch. Like you could really see Vince Vaughn acting as the as Catherine Newton acting as her character. Like you could see the different layers of uh, the character portrayal mm-hmm. in each of their thing. It kind of reminded me of like uh, Jumanji, the next level, or whatever it was, a sequel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where Dwayne Johnson was playing Danny DeVito. Yes. Playing <laughs> and, that character. Uh, and then whenever Aquafina was playing Danny DeVito. Yeah, she yeah. played Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It yeah, was very I, good. I, I, I feel like it had a lot of that kind of 
mm-hmm. style of you could you could see them as a different character. Yes, definitely. Um, one thing was I feel like this movie was way more gory than I thought it was going to be. Yes, correct. Not that that's a bad thing, but I was not expecting as much as I did. Same. Um, the only other thing was I feel like it was like a little too easy. It felt like for like people to be like, "Oh, okay, you guys swap swap bodies." Yeah. No big deal. It was immediately. I trust you. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Such a far fetched thing, and it just yeah. felt like people like came to it pretty easily, pretty quickly. Yep. Um, there was even like a moment where like one of the like her her crush like yeah kisses her as as Vince her Vaughn. being Vince Vaughn. I'm like <laughs> so ridiculous. This is a very weird com- like not like, realistic moment. Yeah. Like, is this like underage technically? Yeah, it's cause... weird. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my only gripe with this was the the premise of this Millie character being, like, someone that people are, like, making fun of and bullying. Because mm-hmm. she's, like, Catherine Newton is this gorgeous, normal-looking person. Like, there's nothing... there. You don't it, look at her and see somebody who's was, teased in high school. It was hard for me to, like, see her as actually being the one that was bullied everywhere yeah. or around school. Like, yeah. it felt like... I don't see what about her would be like she's picked on. Yeah. This is one of those typical Hollywood scenarios where they try to make someone look like they're bullied mm-hmm. when they re- in reality wouldn't. Be. I think the whole point was supposed to be to give you the aspect of her needing to build confidence yeah. or some kind of self-identity that she goes through yes. because of this experience. Yes. That's true. I thought it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I feel like it was a little bit longer than maybe it needed to be, but Most I enjoyed it. Uh, I would say for me, it was a slice it. Okay. I had a good time with it. Laughed. Had some moments of discomfort. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm also going to slice it. There was a lot more discomfort for me, mm-hmm. but it was very, it was really mm-hmm. good in the parts that I wasn't like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like frustrated too with some of like the like the people like there was like one girl who was like she, she goes and hides somewhere yeah and then he's like oh I don't know where she is yeah and then this is like early on yeah and then as soon as he walks away she sneaks out she of where she was hiding yeah. it's like maybe just hide there for an hour yeah. or two don't just wait a while like until he movie. just walks away yeah completely <laughs> goes to another like city horror even. movie 101 if you find a hiding place and the, the your assailant comes by there doesn't find you fucking stay there for an endless period of time i don't yeah. care how long it takes just stay yeah. there yeah for several hours don't talk yeah don't breathe don't yeah. fart yeah you know, if you needed to plug your butt, you do it. You do whatever you need to do to not make noise. <laughs> yeah, don't just like wait twenty seconds and then open the door. <laughs> Be like, okay, coast is clear. Yeah, dumb. Jeff they obviously just... got far enough away that they won't hear or see me now. Yeah, exactly. All right, so heavy hitter this week: we saw Jungle Cruise in theaters. This came out July thirtieth um, to theaters and Disney Plus Premium Access. We saw it in theaters. Um, it is a fantasy adventure film based on the theme park ride at Disneyland. And it was directed by Jaume Collet Serra. That was an attempt. I'm sorry if I butchered that. And the screenplay was by Glenn Ficarra, John Requa, and Michael Green. And it's starring Dwayne Johnson as Captain Frank Wolf and Emily Blunt as Dr. Lily Houghton. Um, and the, uh, Lily's brother, McGregor Houghton, is played by Jack Whitehall. Those are really the primary... Uh, people you need to mm-hmm. know in this in this story, which I was surprised by because I feel like he's not really heavily featured in the trailer. And Jesse Plemons plays the villain. He is he plays Prince 
Joachim. I don't know how to say that specifically in German, but he's a German aristocrat um, who is after the same thing as Lily is to try to help um, Germany win the war. For World War One. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting how they kind of tied this to a historical war. Yeah. Yeah, it was very interesting. Also, I have to say, Jesse Plemons, I don't remember seeing him as a good guy in anything since, um, was it the first season of Fargo? And I'm not, he's not even really technically. Well, no, it would be the fourth sec- season. Oh, well. Fargo fourth? Yeah, fourth, I think. Okay. Third? Whatever, Third season. Whatever season of Fargo it is. Second? That he's with Kirsten Dunst, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which apparently I found out they are fucking married. Uh-huh. Like what? <laughs> In real life. Yeah. Uh, anyway, my point was he plays a great villain. He's he's just a bad guy all around in everything, and it it's it's very believable every time. Mm. <laughs> so there's a lot of interesting historical implications with this. It's obviously tied into the search for something related to World War One, and then there's a lot of references to uh, the fact that she's a woman who's a doctor and a woman who's wearing pants, mm-hmm. and it's all very like out of the like everyone's like, oh my god, like when do they see her wearing pants? Uh, Dwayne Johnson's character even calls her pants because mm-hmm. he's he's like that's that's just your name now because it's so abnormal to see. Yeah, and I I guess it was hard for me to like get into that those jokes because. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I wasn't around during the time where that was weird. And so, to me, it's like, it's weird that this is, like, a weird thing. So, I had to really get myself into the mindset of, like, how drastically different it was for women to be able to succeed in what was deemed man-based work. I don't know. it. Yeah. It's definitely a different time. Archaeology and all that kind of stuff apparently was a very man based thing at one point yeah well the research was based on medicine too and it was like they thought that this treasure uh the the spanish conquistador conquistadors from the 16th century had left something in Hmm. the jungle and her goal was to go find what it was because it could revolutionize medicine yeah um so and then the whole thing is like they're trying to get funding from this society and the society just like laughs them out of the place because they're like Mm -hmm. a woman what no yeah it's not a thing so it's very different from anything in recent times so it's hard it is a little bit hard to wrap your brain around like why are they why are they making fun of or why are they not accepting her but yeah i don't know where i'm going with that sorry no i mean just (laughs) again it's just like you have to remember that the time was completely different yeah so uh, once you can get past that whole, like, barrier of, like, I don't get why this is, like, a, a an issue. Yeah. Uh, it, I guess the whole idea is it's supposed to land the jokes better. Yes. Uh, you know, the the whole idea, I guess, was set up for pants. Yes. For her character name. Yeah. And she called him Skippy. <laughs> yes. Uh, which, obviously, he didn't really enjoy. He but didn't love, yeah. I really enjoyed this film. Mm-hmm. I think it was a lot of fun. He was, like, full of bad puns, which I thought were great. Yeah, the bad puns were the best. <laughs> I feel like they were heavy in the first half, and then they kind of ended after that. Once yeah. it got to like a more climactic position of the film, I yeah. think they, you kind of lost those jokes. But mm-hmm. this was a fun ride. I it, we saw the trailer, like, and my first thought was, okay, so this is like the new Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And after seeing it, I would say, yeah, it's a smaller, a smaller scale Pirates of the Caribbean, maybe mixed with like a the Mummy 
Yeah, yeah. Kind of in that aspect. You know, you got like siblings. And... Like a Indiana Jones-ish deal going on as well. Mm-hmm. With the general setting and attire. So I definitely, as we were watching this, could see certain scenes that would be perfect for them to uh, redesign the ride around. Or not ride, but you know, like make it an actual ride rather than just like a boat tour or whatever mm-hmm. it used to be. Or it, is. Yeah, I was watching this like you you brought up and I was like, yeah, this they're clearly going to redesign this ride to yeah. like update it for this kind of like theme, right? Mm-hmm. They'd have to. Yeah. If they're smart, they should do something like, I know, I'm not sure if they even have, if they can, but something like the... Uh, um, King Kong situation at Universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting. Yeah, so it's yeah. like you just you're stuck in like let's say the boat whatever, yes. and then you have stuff on each side right. of you like the 4D whatever film. Yeah, setup they did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'd be a, a great thing they could do. Yeah. Um, this was a really good movie. I had yeah. a lot of fun with it. I thought they had a really good chemistry with uh, Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think they worked really well. Yeah, there's one moment where I was like. I think she's going to leave John Krasinski. I don't think <laughs> their marriage is going to last. Yeah. They are just working out way too well in this movie. Yeah. And there were some things that even you didn't expect to happen in this movie. Yeah, so. I think I verbally said, <laughs> what? Yeah. When it happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that's something to look forward to because this guy is constantly predicting every single move of every movie. And so it's probably one of my favorite things when a movie can surprise you. <laughs> but I've also heard people say that like it was predictable. Hmm. And to me it was nowhere near predictable. Yeah, I had no idea. So maybe I just was not in the right mindset maybe. when I saw it. But like it caught me completely off guard Same. with the, I guess, twist of the film. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah. One thing that I thought was kind of annoying, though, was, like, the ending. There was, like, a whole situation with, like, they had stakes and things were, uh, we have to sacrifice, you know, yeah. because of the situation we're in. But, like, but you don't. You just do it this way instead, and then, like, it's, like, no big deal. And it just felt like they were making it more dramatic than they needed to be, just for the sake of making it dramatic. Exactly. They did have a little bit of that, but... yeah. In the end, the film worked, but um, yeah. I did think think that there were some weird things where they like kind of over dramatized things for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a great time with this film. I think it's definitely worth watching. I will dissect it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I have to say, I actually didn't really, I wasn't really paying attention to when this was coming out. I didn't think it was something I gave a crap about. Mm-hmm. But um, after seeing it, I did really enjoy it. So I also dissected it. Yeah. Uh. Just reminded myself of something. Okay. I don't know who needs to hear this. <laughs> Teach your children oh. that you don't take selfies with the flash on during movies in the theater. Yeah. I did miss about, what, five minutes of this movie? Yeah. Because there is a point in the beginning where three teenage girls, I think they were like around 12, well, like 15, 12, 12 yeah. to 15 or something, uh, decided they were going to just take a bunch of sn- uh, selfies Back to back to back to back to back mm-hmm. with the flash on. Yeah. Like it's no big fucking deal. Yeah. In a movie theater. Yeah. Front row, by the way. Not not front like row. the back of the theater. Yeah. Front row for so everybody to have to see the flashing constantly. Everyone can see it. Yeah. So I had to go and actually tell somebody. I had to put my Karen hat on. Yeah. <laughs> because I was caring that much to be able to watch a fucking movie in the theater. Yeah. And I had to tell a manager that these kids are 
completely ruining the experience for everybody. Yeah, they were trash. I was just like, it, it even took me like a, a good 10, 15 minutes to just get over the fact that it even happened during yeah. the movie. Yeah. To really get back into enjoying the film. Yeah. But even with that, I still enjoyed the film so much I dissected. it. Yeah. But I just was a loss of words that you would go to a movie and not think that that was like rude to do. I feel like people... Like I don't... I, I guess in my head it's just it's common sense, common courtesy. You don't do something like that. Yeah. You don't have to be taught. You shouldn't have to be. But um, that's the difference between us and the, Trash. Young, the younger generations. <laughs> you have to spell it out a lot. For a lot of things in the world, people have to be told you can't be sitting at work watching TV on your phone these days. So, I'm not as surprised as you were about that. I was annoyed as fuck, but I wasn't nearly as surprised as you were because I feel like people are just in general not aware of things that affect other people these days. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just, I was so peeved about it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm sorry. And I chose to have the theater deal with it because yeah. I knew if I dealt with it, yeah. I would probably look like the piece of shit who's right. yelling at children. Yeah. <laughs> because I would have been. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wasn't this movie, was it? There was another movie that we were at that we heard somebody behind us. I was like, so you guys are just going to talk the whole no, movie? No, that was this movie. Was this movie? Okay. <laughs> Ironically, it was a different group of people in the back. <laughs> and they were talking during the trailers. Like, every trailer, they were just talking like it was no big deal. And the guy said... And I was annoyed by that. And then yeah. finally somebody else was like, so you're just going to talk the whole movie? Yeah, so what's the, what's the deal then? What's the deal with that then? Yeah. Like... <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, get this motherfucker a cape. Get this man a cape. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe he inspired me. Maybe, yeah. Although, ironically, I'm surprised he didn't say shit to those kids. Yeah. That were using their phones. Right. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) So Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah, definitely. Go check it out. Worth a watch, whether you see it in theater. Although Mm -hmm. we probably sold people on getting the Disney Plus premiere access Yeah, it seems like that. But um, (laughs) yeah, it was a great film. I had a lot of fun with it. I think there was great chemistry with the characters. Even the the brother, Mm -hmm. who wasn't as significant of a role, he was like great one-liners and uh-huh. you know they give him a small little arc and yeah and overall it was a great film yeah I, I had a lot of fun absolutely i assume they're trying to make this a franchise i'm sure yeah they could go and do a bunch of different you know like you said indiana jones they could make it that kind of a thing yeah definitely all right that is it for what we watched this week and that is it for the movies and tv section of our podcast so thanks everyone for listening and uh definitely Check us out. Uh, check out our gaming section coming up next. But in the meantime, please go rate or review us on your favorite podcast service. Check out our Facebook, Dissecting This Fiction Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at DTFPod. Or email us directly to DTFPod at gmail.com. Or check out our website, DTFCast.com. All right. We'll be back with video game news after the break. <laughs> Let's start off with our gaming news. We've got some new releases coming up. 
On Xbox, Games with Gold is actually going to have Darksiders 3 for the first through the 31st. That's actually the first uh, pretty big title in a little while, I think. It, yeah, I would argue that's probably a big title for yeah. a long time now. Yeah, so I, I know Xbox. it was people were a little fairly happy about finally getting mm-hmm. a good game. <laughs> yeah. That game had a lot of difficulty in the beginning. It was a very hard game, mm-hmm. but they added different uh, modes to make it like more close to the original game. Mm-hmm. So it's more user friendly, if you will. This is this is the one with the, like the chick with the purple hair. Yeah, and, like, you play Fury. situation. Okay. Yeah, I keep meaning to play that. <laughs> yeah, we bought it like when it, when it came out because I was really excited because I, yeah. I love this franchise mm-hmm. and I struggled playing it and i think i walked away for a while got distracted with other games and i Mm -hmm. never went back Mm -hmm. um but uh they have made it better since so it's more accessible for people who don't like the challenging style oh good (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) all right uh also lost planet 3 will be available for the first half of the month um and ukulele yeah ukulele will be available august 16th through september 15th Garou, Mark of the Wolves, will be available August 16th through September 31st. It's such a weird... Like, why don't they just do, like, these are all available the whole month? Yeah, they do <laughs> weird spacing through yeah. stuff. At the very least, like, wait until close to the 16th to say that last yeah. one. I yeah. don't know why you gotta give it to us before. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, okay, and on PlayStation... For PlayStation Plus, we have for August 3rd through September 6th, Hunter's Arena Legends, Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville, and Tennis World Tour 2. I didn't know Tennis World Tour was a PlayStation game. That's cool. Good to know. Well, it's not necessarily a PlayStation game. It's just it's on PlayStation. God, yeah, I just, I didn't, I always hear like a sport, like a game like tennis or golf, I always am like, oh, it's a Wii game <laughs> or like a Switch game. So anything related to like <laughs> ping pong or tennis yes. is automatically Nintendo? Yes. That's in my brain, yes. It's Wii motion controls and <laughs> yes, that's that? absolutely. <laughs> but Nintendo created tennis. I don't understand. <laughs> um, Mario tennis? Hello. <laughs> Duh. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, Switch has Dungeon Defenders Awakened. On August 4th, coming out. Um, that's just for regular purchase, I think. Yes? Yeah. yeah okay. That's just for regular purchase. It's not free, unfortunately. Um, and multi-platform, we've got Lemnus Gate on August 3rd. Not for the Switch, though. Or for everybody except for Switch. And Falconeer on August 5th is coming out for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and Switch. Yep. So there's a a good handful of games coming yeah. out for people who are looking for new shit. Yeah, not a whole lot of new games to buy, but there's yeah. there's a couple games that are worth playing. Included with services, with at least. Services, yeah. All right, uh, again to some of our announcements. Uh, Back for Blood open beta is coming out August 12th through the 16th. What people can expect are two maps for the Swarm player versus player mode, uh, two co-op maps to fight off Ridden with your friends, which I think is a boss character. There's going to be various weapons to check out, uh, cards to build decks, and ridden to slay. And, of course, there's going to be cross-play and cross-gen supported. So, uh, people who want to try this game out, it's going to be available for people later this month. And I think this is a game coming to Game Pass. So, if you have that, you'll be able to play it when it launches. Nice. That's how I'm trying to play it, at least. Yeah. (laughs) So, hopefully you'll play it with me. 
Maybe. And then, of course, anybody doesn't know, this is the uh, spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. Got it. All right, something that you will probably play with me. Avengers War for Wakanda, the expansion coming out for the Square Enix game. Hmm. Uh, they give a release date for August 17th for that game. Uh, it's going to be a free update for all owners of the base game. Nice. I don't know why they had to word it like that, because it's like, I mean, yeah, it's free for everybody who has the game. Uh, for all owners, as opposed to people playing it on Game Pass? Is that what no, they mean? No, because... No. No? No, okay. because it, the whole premise of this game was like, you don't buy the DLC. It's all going to be included. Okay, with okay. The, so if it's on Game Pass or... Not Game Pass. Uh, I think PlayStation Now has it. Right. At least yeah. they did for a Whatever. while. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was a PS4 version. But either mm-hmm. way, the game would have to update for, for everybody to be able to play it. They couldn't have different versions like that. Okay. It's all included. Okay. So I'll just go. Fuck so it's to unify it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to fuck yourself <laughs> unless you feel like it. Okay. All right. So that's going to include a new story, two new villains, a new environment to explore, new enemies, new outposts, and of course, new missions. So I feel like they're all basically the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Judge will voice T'Challa slash Black Panther. Uh, he's also known for the voice of Kratos in the new God of War, if oh. you've played that. I have not, but I've heard you the play it. The <laughs> only other thing I know him from is the Stargate TV show. Oh. He was on one of those shows. Okay. That shows how old I am. <laughs> uh, for anyone interested in their war table, it's going to be on August 16th at 10 a.m. Pacific time on Twitch. So you can check out their updates before it launches the next day. Okay. Uh and, of course, they had that free-to-play weekend this last weekend, right? So yeah. uh, everybody was able to play it whether you bought it or not. So maybe that was the wording for the if you bought the base game. Oh, maybe. Um, that was pretty much a clear move to get people to invest into the game, mm-hmm. get hooked on the, the game. Now that the Wakanda DLC is coming out, they're going to want to buy the game, right? Yes. And then go play it. Exactly. At the very least, you're getting people who... Buy some stuff with microtransactions while they're playing for free. Mm-hmm. And then later buy the game. Yeah. Something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, very, very clear marketing. Hopefully it works out well for them. Because that game needs more players. Yeah. I feel like whenever I jump on, the they have like a com- community oh, the challenge, challenge that like the war- anybody playing the world yeah. contributes to the challenge. Yeah. And, and it like never, never fills because there's not enough people playing. Yeah. I need to jump back into that game. Yeah. Well, now you have a reason to. Yeah. Come August 17th. Uh, we do have a few delays. Kenna Bridge of Spirits has been delayed to September 21st. They put out on social media. Uh, the team has been working extremely hard and we feel the extra time is critical to ensure the best experience possible. We know many of you are eager to play and we appreciate your patience as the team continues to work on delivering the best version of Kenna. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was initially going to come out in March this year, then it was delayed to August 24th, and now it's going to come out sept- September 21st. So, only like about a month. Yeah. It's not too bad. Yeah. This is another one of those games that was at the uh, the PS5 like launch reveal thing, mm-hmm. and it was all... I don't know. I felt like this was a very generic feeling platformer type game. Yeah. Third person, whatever adventure game yeah uh but it seems to have a lot of steam that people want to play it Mm -hmm. it looked interesting to me 
Uh, I think the bigger delay situation going on is Horizon Forbidden West is reportedly delayed until 2022. Bloomberg reports that the game will be delayed to quarter one 2022 after its initial holiday 2021 target date. PlayStation Studios said that in June the game was on track for release, but they never really gave a release date. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I, I'm i not shocked if this is going to be delayed, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it was first revealed in June, I think June 11th of 2020, so over a year ago. Mm-hmm. And at some point they gave it the Holiday 22 or 21 release within that year. Uh, and then next we know God of War, Ragnarok was announced September 16th, 2020. That was announced for a 2021 release. And it's already been delayed months ago to 2022. So I feel like, are we shocked to see that this could be delayed till 2022? Not, Not really. No. It, it feels like, I don't know. If you look at all of the PlayStation 5 release games that they were showing, they all pretty much have been getting delayed, right? Yeah. They, the third party ones seem to be releasing. Yeah. But they either didn't give release dates intentionally because they didn't want to have to delay it publicly, mm-hmm. or they're just straight delaying them. Yeah. So, it looks good, though. I think it's going to be a, a great game. I thought they have added some cool stuff based off the last state of play, so. Yeah. It does look really cool. I still mm. need to go back and play the first one. Yeah. <laughs> My only thing is, like, it just is another example of, like, it makes me wonder if, if Sony was intentionally boasting these games to get the edge on microsoft as far as the launch knowing damn well that none of these games are coming out till 2022 or beyond yeah yeah like the only games we've gotten are ratchet and clank which is a great game Mm -hmm. i I dissected that game Mm -hmm. i believe uh but my only complaint was it's a very short game for 70 dollars yeah um and arguably you know you're gonna play in a few days beat it and you're never probably gonna go back to it it's not one of those games you have a lot of replay value on right um, the other games are like very difficult games. Like they have the Dark Souls or mm-hmm. the Demon, the Demon Souls remake, and mm-hmm. then Returnal is like basically the same concept but sci-fi. It's, yeah, there's not a whole lot of exclusives out for PS5 specifically. Yeah, um, and the best PlayStation Five game is fucking Astro's Playroom. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so shocked they didn't just just sell that one. Yeah, like it was so fun that they could have sold that yeah i guess they weren't confident people would want to pay for it yeah because they might not care about a platformer like that yeah yeah it was i mean to be fair i haven't played very much i think you sold that for 30 bucks maybe 20 even probably 20 would be more accurate yeah you could definitely get people to buy that yeah totally especially it being like the launch of the console they're gonna need something yeah anyways uh, moving into some of our quicker news stories, uh, Nintendo reportedly pulled five tracks last minute that were planned as part of the Olympics opening ceremony. So they decided not to have them? Yeah, so we huh. talked about how they had video game related yeah. tracks in the ceremony, mm-hmm. I think last week. Uh, apparently music from Mario, Legend of Zelda, and Pokemon were all going to be included, but for whatever reason, they were pulled. That's weird. I wonder why they pulled it. Um, I think it was probably something to do with politics and the business side. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's cool that that video game music was even featured in the first place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and hearing this, I'm like, oh yeah, they didn't have these, and like that seemed like a no brainer mm-hmm. for the ceremony at you know Tokyo <laughs> Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, moving into some Microsoft news, Halo Infinite tech demo is out and people have been playing it. Um, it's been rolling out slowly, apparently. I don't know if you can actually get into it now. I tried to look into it. You have to go to like their some app mm-hmm. through the Xbox, but it wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it might be too late to play it at this point. But people seem to be enjoying it, so that's a good sign. Uh, but I have learned uh, that they do have spoilers for the campaign within files of the tech demo. Oh, okay. So people playing it, be aware you may be spoiled on campaign stuff. Okay. And of course, last in the news for that demo, uh, there are no assassinations planned for launch. So you will have to wait till an update to get that in the game. Okay. It's kind of a big thing for people that want to assassinate others. Yeah. You know. Make yourself yeah, make themselves <laughs> feel cool that they didn't just kill the guy, they embarrassed they the guy. They assassinate them, yeah. Hello, Microsoft, you know what they say. If you're late on putting assassinations in the game, you make an ass out of you and in a nation. <laughs> okay. Just saying. That's a that's a saying. Alright, a little bit more Microsoft news. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and Xbox will be holding awards for the best gaming NPCs. Uh, In reality, this is just a vote you go do on Twitter for one of four characters. Samuel Hayden from Doom. Parvati Holcomb from Outer Worlds. uh, Chief Trader Molly from Sea of Thieves. And Guy from Free Guy, the movie. Okay. So, here's my... I have questions. (laughs) Where did they come up with this list? And did they specifically choose these people? I'm going to stop you right there. (laughs) I feel like you're looking too hard into this. This is just clearly marketing. I mean, obviously. But here's the thing. If it was marketing, wouldn't you want to choose the other three being characters that weren't favorite characters? Weren't known as favorite characters so that Guy would win? So, okay, the winner ended up being, at least on this poll, right, on Twitter. Is it already won? Yeah, it said it's final, over. final results on there. Oh, I didn't get the so percentages. So I'm late to the game. I, I guess don't bother. I, I was trying to <laughs> tell people to go ahead and Sorry. vote. I went to go vote, but Just don't it was vote. Like, your vote doesn't matter your anymore. Vote doesn't it matter. doesn't count. Um, it, it's America rules. I went to go look at it and see who the choices were, and it said final results on there. So I don't know if there's something else to be had, but basically Samuel Hayden won. And I don't know that character because I don't play to Doom, but people seem to be all about him. Parvati was a fan favorite from the Outer Worlds. I remember her, and that mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Chief Trader Molly, I have no fucking idea. That's from yeah. Sea of Thieves. But, like, they don't really seem like... Like, Parvati was a favorite character of people who played the Outer Worlds, so she seems like she'd be a contender to win. Mm. But if you're marketing for the movie guy, wouldn't you want to choose characters that, like, aren't well-liked character so that Guy would win. I'm just... just Well, arguably, the only character that would be well-liked would be Samuel Hayden, who obviously won, which is the cyborg, robot, android, human personality from Doom, right? Right, but that's... I'm just wondering why they... It just... It's fine. I just got... I, I went too deep into it, but to me, as a marketing stunt, you would want Guy to win as people's favorite. I don't think it matters who Whatever. won. I think the whole point was putting this ridiculous joke award yeah. out there okay. and promoting Free Guy. Yeah. With Ryan Reynolds giving the contest out. 
He even jokes in the video. Did you watch the the whole I didn't watch announcement? The video. I didn't know there was a video. Uh, he even like does his typical humor and like he didn't say it, it's him. He's like, oh, we're, what an attractive looking NPC player, <laughs> blah blah. blah. Like, what do they have a guy on there? And like, yeah. <laughs> it's very clear that it's this. It's the it's just to get people to be excited movie. and, and yeah. want to go see Free Guy. So yeah, I think you're looking a little far into it's it. It's fine. And we get mad at who won. Well, my my I mean, main complaint. Personally, now they can extend the marketing and have him talk trash to the winner. That's true. You're right. <laughs> he can do like a whole hashtag free guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, it's it was weird to me, but I get it. It was just a marketing stunt, but it was just kind of a weird sampling of of NPCs that they ended up using. So are you saying there should have been cooler NPCs or shittier NPCs? Both. Either or. But these are like, there's enough. Because the whole idea of an NPC is they don't matter. They're nothing. But people have favorite NPCs. Don't you have a favorite NPC? No, I don't think of them because they're NPCs. They're just they're like a fart in the wind. But that's... Who's thinking about them? <laughs> Not, no. If anything, I'm thinking about the time that one pissed me off and I had to kill him for it. Okay, that's a different kind of NPC though. Like, uh, Parvati is in the Outer Worlds. Like, that's your, your crewmate. So you have a... Like a, a part, she's on your team and she interacts mm. with you. Mm. So, like, you know this person. I'm assuming the same goes for Samuel Hayden, whatever. Yeah, I played Doom and he's yeah. like, uh, he basically gives you like, like missions, stuff to go Something do that's and... like one doesn't simply blow a hole mm. in Mars or something like that. Mm. Um, I mean, you'll notice these are all Xbox owned or Microsoft owned games, right? Fair point. So, um, you're not going to see, you know, obviously. Why wasn't there a Borderlands three character? In there? That was my first because thought. Because it's not it's not a Microsoft. Okay, you game. answered my question for that, so thank you. Because my first thought was, are you kidding me? There's no Borderlands character on here because arguably Claptrap before you could play him when he was an NPC mm-hmm. in Borderlands two. I want to say yeah, best NPC, mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. So hashtag whatever. clap the trap. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. I just was like, I got really invested in this one for no apparent reason. So, yeah, sorry. you got really heated about this. <laughs> it just seemed like they should all be way cooler or not cool at yeah. all. That's all. You're out, you're going to be blowing up Twitter. Hashtag <laughs> not my best NPC. I guess. All right. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> moving on to some more news you'd be heated about. Mm. Uh, Forza Motorsport 7 is leaving the Microsoft Store for purchase. So uh, if you have not played that game and been wanting to, probably go and buy it. It's going to be leaving September 15th. uh, But anyone who has purchased the game has access to it in any DLC they've bought. Interesting thing they're doing, if you bought DLC for the game through Game Pass, so you didn't have the game, but you bought the DLC to play in the game... Mm -hmm. Uh, you will receive a token from Microsoft to then purchase the game, oh, essentially, nice. for free, it sounds like. Uh, you'll just have to wait between August 2nd and September 15th for them to go through their processing of giving you that code, mm-hmm. token, whatever it's called, uh, and you can get the game. Nice. Uh, so anybody who hasn't done that and just wants the game in general, maybe you don't have Game Pass. Uh, you can buy the standard edition for ten dollars, uh, the deluxe edition for fifteen, and the ultimate edition for twenty. Hmm. Okay. So they're discounting the game for everybody to buy. Obviously, 
not only are they getting rid of the game because of I think it has to do with licensing and stuff for like the cars and all that stuff, whatever politics are behind the the contracts. Yeah. But they're coming out with like the next Forza game, I think. Right. I think it's Horizon 5 or whatever coming mm-hmm. up in I think October, November. Okay. So they're probably just trying to get a, a little wave of of purchases before that happens. But uh yeah, I mean they're, they're obviously a strong franchise, so anybody interested? Pretty good deal. All right. Uh, some kooky news happened with Sony and McDonald's. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to move on That's now. That's it? <laughs> no. So McDonald's Australia announced a giveaway with a custom painted PS5 controller. Uh, this was via Press Start and IGN because I had to combine some news from each site. Okay. Uh, Sony has stopped the giveaway of the controller after it was announced. Mm-hmm. McDonald's responded with a quote saying, Sony PlayStation has not authorized the use of this controller in promotional materials related to the proposed Stream Week event, and we apologize for any inconvenience caused. McDonald's Stream Week has been postponed, and Sony PlayStation controllers will not be included in the giveaway. Okay. Uh, There was clarification later on to update this. So apparently what happened with McDonald's Australia is... Uh, the image, uh, the quote was, the image was provided to media in air and there is no commercial relationship between McDonald's Australia and Sony PlayStation. So they were just going to like paint a PlayStation controller and give it away, but. It sounds like it was a concept to do a marketing thing with Sony. Okay. But it was only created as an idea and it was just something they were never going to go forward with. But for whatever reason, when. Stuff was being sent for the actual giveaway. That picture was included when it shouldn't have been. Gotcha. And so there was no actual communication with Sony to do this thing. Okay. And because of that, they didn't have the right to do it. Bummer. Okay. Um, so that was interesting. Mm-hmm. That that's something that happened. Someone's probably fired. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest news out of all of this that I learned is, did you know McDonald's in Australia is called... Maccas. M-A-C-C-A apostrophe S. It's literally called that? Like it? that's what the that's sign says? That's what I says? go by, yeah. Is that what the sign says? I think so. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought maybe it was like a nickname or something, but that's crazy. Maybe it's a nickname. Now you got me questioning it. Why you gotta do that? Sorry. Why Why you gotta be that way? Definitely the worst NPC of this podcast, I can tell you that. <laughs> My NPC? <laughs> yeah, you're not giving any awards. Wow. Oh, yeah, McDonald's Australia has their Twitter handle is at Macca's. There you go. So it might not be So like, you call me a liar. It's only some... I can sue you for slander. Oh, wow, that's crazy. They actually have the sign different, too. Wow, okay. News to me. Yeah, well, some, like somebody owes somebody an apology. I didn't do anything apologize. wrong. Apologize. No. Apologize. All right, moving on. Since you won't apologize and you won't be the bigger person here. Yeah. Uh, Sony has added features in its system beta update on the PS5. So anybody who's in their beta listing, mm-hmm. uh, you can get this update. I am too scared to do it. Yeah. Because I am worried that it's going to ruin the PS5. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like to enjoy the PS5. Right, right. When it gets a little bit more common, there's more out there. It's not that big of a deal it's that you can get another PS5 if you need to. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably be more inclined. Yeah. But uh, they've added 3D audio for TV speakers. Okay. Which is very interesting. I don't know how that would work. I guess it's like 
the left speaker will will make noise or the right one, depending on Maybe. where it's coming from. Still feels like you're, you're going to just... I don't feel like it would feel any different, but yeah. who knows. Uh, they're adding trophy tracking up to five uh, trophies per game. Oh, so like the Xbox has? Yeah, so okay. the Xbox <laughs> did like 10 years ago. Yeah. Wasn't going to say it, but okay. here we are. <laughs> Uh, I don't, did PS3 or PS4 have that? I don't, they didn't have that, right? I don't think so. Uh, so they're also including a trophy list that can also be viewed vertical versus horizontal. Okay. Which would be kind of nice because it is a little weird that it's vertical in my, or horizontal in my opinion. Yeah. And of course, the last thing that they've added is a different, uh, different versions of a, a particular game will now be shown separate, like as separate games. So if you have the PS4 and the PS5 version, they will show up as separate icons versus a list of the PS4 or PS5 version within the same icon. That'll be really nice for organizational purposes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then last in our news, uh, the Annapurna Showcase did happen this mm-hmm. last week. They had a lot of stuff. I don't want to talk about everything because it's really just a lot of easy stuff to just look up. But I wanted to give a little bit of a... Update on a few things I was interested in. They had an interesting game called Neon White. It's a, Basically, it's a speed-running puzzle game, it looked like, okay. coming out to the Switch and uh, PC in the winter. Hmm, okay. So, I was interested in that. Like, it looked like you use these, like, cards that give you abilities and stuff, and, like, you have to put them in the right combination to navigate the, the level, essentially, to yeah. assassinate these enemies and then get to the end point okay it was interesting it's a switch game so i thought i would check out yeah is there golf involved hmm? so is there golf involved no there's probably tennis okay. since that seems to be exclusive to nintendo okay. <laughs> just making sure uh they uh, announced a game called a memoir blue a journey to the depths of memory uh, it's available for all platforms when it's released but they do not have a release date yet okay but seems interesting do you think uh, they just forgot the release date? Probably. Like, someone had it on a piece of paper. Like, where did I put that? <laughs> uh, anybody interested in a demo out for a game called Storyteller Puzzle? It's available on Switch and Steam currently. It's basically you create your own story, like a fairy tale story. You craft it by picking decisions and cast members and all this oh, stuff. So is it It was interesting. I feel like it's going to be pretty limited, but they're acting like it's like a... You can do anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me of those. Uh, what was that game? The, those like the the draw something game. It was like a part of the Wii at one point or the Wii U. Oh yeah. You basically draw stuff and then it creates it in the game mm-hmm. and you can like make your own levels. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Solar Ash is coming out October twenty sixth on PlayStation and PC. Basically, like a parkour running game. I think we've seen that on some of the state of play stuff before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pathless is coming to Steam on November 16th. That game sounds very familiar. It does. I, want, I don't remember what it is. A game I wanted to bring up uh, is called What Remains of Edith Finch, and it's <sighs> headed to iOS on August 16th. So I really enjoyed that game. It's like no longer than a three-hour experience, and it's coming to uh, iPhones, essentially. So... If you want to check that out, it, I think it's a wonderful game and quick and easy. It's more of a, a what do they call those? A walking simulator, if you will. Yeah. More about the experience of the story than the actual gameplay. 
The Pathless is that one game where it's like the, it looks like a, she's got like bow and arrow and she has to like jump around. And okay, that's, yeah. that's also on PlayStation, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. That's weird they didn't have that as a PlayStation thing. Unless it's already out for PlayStation. You have to like follow a certain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It might just have a different release date. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then um, the biggest one I think for me, which is literally the reason I watched this mm-hmm. whole thing, it was about a half an hour long, so I didn't waste a whole lot of my life. But yeah. the thing I was sitting down watching this event for was the video game Stray, which was announced at the PS5 console reveal. Like, what? Early 2020? Yeah, it's been a while. Like sure. June, I think. Yeah. Uh Basically, it's a video game where you play as a cute cat, emphasis on the cute, Yeah. <laughs> in this robot apocalypse world, Yeah. Uh, very dark and gloomy, mm-hmm. uh, and it was supposed to come out early, or come out sometime in 2021, they they gave the released window of. Well, I, I straight fucking jinxed myself, because on social media I said, oh, can't wait for the Stray update, I hope we're going to get a shadow drop for yeah. uh, this game. And they were like, no. And instead of getting <laughs> that, I got the announcement at the very end of this showcase that the game is now delayed to early 2022. Bummer. Fuck my life. <laughs> But they gave some updates on the game as far as the narrative side and like gameplay itself. Uh, so what what they've shown is you start out as a cat who's lost, be, like lost from its family, mm-hmm. and is injured. Right off the bat, you're breaking my heart. Yeah, don't go a breaking my heart. <laughs> I couldn't really stray if I tried. <laughs> okay, but you, but you, but you did. I probably butchered that song. Um. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, basically it feels like it's a puzzle navigation type game. Mm -hmm. Uh, You pretty much have to find items, use them to unlock new areas to be able to navigate to those areas to Mm -hmm. probably find other items to get to other areas. Yeah. So it sounds like a video game. Yeah. (laughs) So far it's sounding like a video game. Sounds very video game like. (laughs) Uh, In my head I'm like this sounds kind of like a Metroid-esque. Okay. You know. Hopefully. Uh, you apparently have a hovering robot companion who's this cute little... It's kind of reminded me of uh, Star Wars um, Jedi Fallen Order, where you have that little... Oh, yeah. I don't remember the name of it, but the, the robot. It's not Dio. It's... No. That's the movie. I know. That's the movie. <laughs> Anyways. It's a little cute companion robot yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that helps you upgrade stuff and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, you have somebody that you're going to basically work with in this game. Uh you can upgrade your cat suit and weapons. Yes, mm-hmm. there are weapons. Uh, because there are all these alien looking rat things that are the enemies in this game. Whoa, okay. Kind of remind me of uh, a Plague Tale Innocence in that aspect. Okay. So these things basically come after you, robots, whatever. They don't, they're kind of douchebags. They don't really care who you are. Kind of douchebags. They don't discriminate. They just hate everybody. Yeah. Uh, so you have this defense mechanism you can upgrade at some point. Basically, you can like, shock and kill. Wow. Yeah, okay. pretty cool, pretty cool. BD1. BD1, thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was very disappointed that it's delayed, but I am pretty excited about what we've seen of this game. Yeah. And there was a moment where they let you uh, go up to a couch and claw it. 
Yeah. Which... Do they let you jump on counters? I'm or? not going to be... Ha- I'm probably not going to do it. Because yeah, I want to be a respectful cat. Yeah. <laughs> You're like playing the game and you do that and all the cats just turn to look at you. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, excuse me, bitch. I'm going to play this game in front of Luna for sure. Yeah. And I'll be like, see, this is what a cat should be like. Yeah. <laughs> not jumping yeah, on counters. You are a shitty cat. <laughs> All right, and then last in their event, they had Outer Wilds DLC announced for September 28th called Echoes of the Eye, and they said it was the first and only expansion. Okay. So, dropping the mic there, I guess, that uh, this is exclusive, and uh, if you don't get it now, you're fucking dumb. (laughs) You're fucking dumb. They had some other stuff which were like, they have partnerships that they've made with some developers, some new developing companies that are being brought in and mm-hmm. games that are unannounced yet, but they're getting you pumped for them. Mm-hmm. So there's more that you can go look into, but that's the overall gist of what happened at it. Like I said, I was more concerned about Stray. Yeah, of course. Unfortunately, they strayed away from the release date. Yeah. The Pathless actually came out um, end of last year for Windows, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and iOS. Okay. So it was on But it's just now that so it's, it's coming to Steam. So it's just being shifted to Steam. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. That is our news, and that is our episode. Yes, it is. I um, was unable to play much this week, unfortunately. Same. So we will not be doing a review this week for gaming. However... Look forward to a handful of stuff coming up soon. Yes, definitely. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate you. Um, definitely s- check us out again next time. Check out all of our other episodes and follow us on Facebook, Dissecting This Fiction Podcast, for updates throughout the week. Um, follow us on Twitter at DTFPod, or you can send us email directly at DTFPod at gmail.com. We'd love for you to send us suggestions or recommendations or uh, feedback, anything like that. It'd be great. You can also find us on our website, dtfcast.com. And uh, please, in your spare time, take a few seconds to go leave us a rating or review on your podcast service. We would very much, um, we would very much appreciate it. That's it for episode 103 of Dissecting This Fiction. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. <laughs>